Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Writers Talks. Today's session is with Lyndon Jude of Manifold Studios, and I've been looking forward to this one a lot. Now, Lyndon is in charge of creator success over at Manifold, and we dive into everything here from a high-level look at what a smart contract is, why you should consider using custom contracts over third-party contracts, and what kind of possibilities lay in wait for literature and Web3. I think we kept this one light enough for anyone who's new to NFTs, uh, but we also took some time to explore some more fun topics along the way. So, enjoy. Okay, hello and welcome to one of the Crypto Writers Talks. This is a talk hosted by the Crypto Writers Discord. and I'm Justin, also known as Devoid on Twitter and for all of the NFT projects that I've got out there. And today's session is a deep dive with Lyndon Jude of Manifold Studios. Uh, Lyndon is all about creator success. And we're going to be walking through the opportunities for creators when they um, start using their own contracts. So, so let's go. Lyndon, how are you doing? Uh, good, good. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I think I think it's really cool uh, to hear more than just uh, digital artists aspiring to kind of pave their way in this this wild Web3 world that we're in. Uh, so really happy to have this chat today and kind of dig into any ideas that uh, people out there have. Yeah, likewise. I think it, it's really interesting because obviously so much of the space last year was dominated by, by you know, art as NFTs. And there was still an awful lot of writers here, you know, in this space that we're talking about what can, what, you know, what can we do? What, where are the opportunities for, for us? And an awful lot of exploration going on. But it definitely feels like there's this real move um, and kind of almost revelation that you know, NFTs don't discriminate. The, the opportunity is there for all sorts of media to not only kind of upgrade the way that they distributed in the past, but also look for opportunities to do something surprising and, you know, elevate um, the way that they tell stories. So I think we'll dig into all of that today, which will be fun. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I kind of mentioned before we, we kicked off that this kind of, these talks are always organized based around the discord that we've got with um, a whole bunch of writers, the hundreds of, of writers of various different kind of, um, styles and some of the people that we, we we've got in that discord they're definitely familiar with and interested in, in contracts and and they know a little bit about it already but so many people um and i guess i would include me in this really you know are very new to everything when it comes to talking about smart contracts and and how they relate to kind of the work that they can do so we're going to have a conversation that's pretty much in two halves i think which the first half will be properly helicopter level you know, looking at, you know, very much, what is this? What is this? How does this work? What does this mean? So that we can use that foundation to really just dive into the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose, that, you know, the, the best and easiest way to kick off is just to kind of say, you know, obviously you, you're working with Manifold Studios. What is Manifold Studios? What do you do? What's the mission there? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so um, for anyone jumping in, my name is Lyndon. Uh, I work on the creator and community success team at Manifold. And um, the whole assess essence of uh, my job is I'd love to get artists paid and love to get artists um, really have a providence in their craft. Uh, there's this idea of creative sovereignty 
that we discuss a lot in Manifold. And it's this whole idea of um, the creator being their own platform. And it's funny because uh, now that we're speaking to a lot of writers, an analogy I've always used is um, as the owner of a, your own smart contract, you basically have your own virtual printing house uh, that is owned by the creator. And in the past, these things were expensive. Uh, you think about like medium. I think um, even a printing press, like a traditional printing press, uh, the whole benefit of having something like that in the past was that they have access to paper and uh, being able to publish this content. And now as a creator, you can do that yourself. And the idea of a sovereign creator and owning your own smart contract in that essence um, dives into the fact that uh, in the past, people have relied on platforms to help them get their work out there. And now that you can mint tokens on your own contract, it really enforces this idea that we always talk about, and you'll hear me repeating a lot, is that uh, creators are the platform. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's always powerful when when anybody, anybody, any company has these you know, core principles, core statements that they repeat. Um, and I, I think there's something that kind of immediately jumps out there, which is, People haven't thought this way before, right? Because, you know, the, the opportunity to, to share words, you know, because obviously so much of this is geared around the conversations that we have in our Discord as writers. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people have been sharing words digitally before, but haven't really thought in quite this way of the idea that there can be a way of you know, seeing a digital platform as, as, as their printing press. It was often seen as um, a secondary way of, of releasing words because it can be... Um, less tangible people don't feel like they they're really owning things it's hard to value something which obviously has changed so much over the last year when you're a little bit more able to define where this specific thing is and and who's in ownership of it right yeah absolutely absolutely um and i think one of the challenges that i think about outside of the very visual arts is just um thinking about who the collectors are and people who are experiencing this world that you're creating um I use storytelling as an analogy a lot uh, when explaining to people about their crypto journey, um, explaining to the people what um, what their contracts are. Um, I'm sure a lot of people here are familiar with uh, the monomyth, so the hero's journey. And uh, thinking about that through what it means to enter the space in crypto, uh, what is that threshold you're crossing? Like, what is this transformation that you go through when you're understanding this space and really understanding um, how to reach out to your collectors. Um, so you hear the term metaverse a lot. And what is that interaction with your uh, collectors and readers? Um, I think people who are digesting um, digesting this content through uh, primarily text, I think it's such a different kind of consumption habit than um, a digital art. So uh, a JPEG, which can be basically consumed in a second versus um, what if you're working on a novel? Um, how does that work? So what is that journey that your collectors would go through and what are you really trying to create in this world for them? Um, is something, uh, yeah, I think about quite often. No, I think that's a, a, a pretty powerful point actually because, and, and this, this, this is something that I feel, uh, and tell me if I'm kind of saying almost a different thing here, but I think this can crop up in lots of different um, media, which is, it's not just the story you tell with your words. It's the story that you tell in the way that you deliver it, right? You know, who is the person that you're speaking to? So in this case, it's a collector. It could be, you know, a, a different audience that isn't necessarily collecting. But 
it's often been a forgotten art in terms of, well, I've done the words now, you know, and that's the end of it. And you just hope that everything's going to play out the way you want it to. But there is something that's happened over uh, the last year in the way that, you know, artists are building relationships with collectors and thinking about the long-term relationship they might want to have with collectors and how people find their work and then revisit their work over time. It's kind of created this dual uh, story. Again, there's the story that you tell with the main artwork, but then the story you tell in the relationship that you build. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the idea of retention comes up a lot in tech. So how do you get um, your collectors and followers on that next loop of content? And I think uh, the terms that we use today are very modern and very Web3, but if you think back to um, a lot of the origins of these classic novels, I believe um, a lot of Alexandre Dumas' work was released week to week. Um, So Mm -hmm. things like that where you just have these constant uh you have this kind of flow of content and i think it's up to every artist how they want to release this work uh but these are concepts that have been around i think since the dawn of story it's just how do you tell that next story um so yeah yeah absolutely. and i think i think we'll, we'll we may even end up coming full circle and touching back on these exact points because i suppose one of the things that's you know sort of kind of a flag that we can plant here is what we're about to talk about when it comes to, you know, smart contracts and how they relate to um, this opportunity is, is that it is an opportunity. There are things that you're going to be capable of doing here that, that may not have been something that was as easy to do, um, you know, pre this space. You know, it can be that there's an opportunity to build on things that have been done before in new ways. And we'll, we'll, we'll come all the way back around to that. And, so this is going to be, a, again, I said there'll be some super helicopter, high-level kind of questions, but I think we'll step through this because it helps us to frame the, the power of, of, of Manifold and, and custom contracts, right? So let's think about this in terms of many people listening to this, uh, potentially in the first six months of their journey, um, and are writers that have been working in this you know, selling their work, maybe physically or digitally, and are new to come into the space of NFTs. And they're excited about it because they're saying, well, you know, I've been publishing my work online as a writer for people to read. Maybe they could read it for free, but now I want them to be able to read it for free. But for example, someone to be able to own it. And they're, they're looking into NFTs because of this. And they're coming across this simple idea of something called a smart truck contract. So I suppose frame this as simply as possible what are we talking about when we talk about a smart contract in that relationship yeah so a smart contract is kind of the the core and the base of uh where all your nfts sit um so typically when an artist uh, deploys a contract they're doing this with the intent to mint uh, a token uh so in the terms of the visual arts uh what having your very own smart contract allows you to do it's um, with certain platforms, you're kind of limited by certain ways of how uh, your art can be displayed. So when you have, um, when you have your own smart contract, this allows you a lot more freedom of expression. So uh, there's this idea of something called a dynamic NFT. So an NFT that changes over time. Um, So, and this can be done uh, in a bunch of different ways, but one interesting thought here is that um, I've seen people, uh, mint 
sort of a novel uh, or like chapters of a novel where uh, this dynamic NFT can be manipulated. So if someone were to buy maybe a section of a novel, they could flip through the pages here. Uh, so the NFT um, is a piece of art that essentially sits on your contract, which is uh, the foundation. Uh, and that's essentially what Manifold offers, which is a self-deploy contract. Yeah. So, I suppose, so, so really what we're saying is then that this smart contract it's kind of like the program that facilitates the media and the ownership, right? You know, kind mm -hmm. of with mm -hmm. that relationship with the blockchain, which, and you've already kind of slightly moved into this, which is great because I think the natural next step from that question is, are all smart contracts created equally? And just for a bit of context, I think most people who are going to be listening to this, who weren't already in this space before and weren't already familiar with code, probably found their way into this space through lazy minting on OpenSea, right? Because you mm -hmm. join, you're not familiar with code. You, you're aware that this removes a lot of the financial restriction to minting things and you're experimenting, you're exploring, you're wondering, will this work for me? And OpenSea provides that opportunity. And I know that I was probably three months into this space before I first had somebody say, well, you know, actually the contracts that you're using on OpenSea aren't necessarily the best for you long-term as an artist. And, uh, you know, my first thought at that point was there are different types of contract, right? You know, you come in, you're extremely kind of new to this. So I'd be interested to know, like, what is the, what, what would you pinpoint as the major differences between third-party contracts, like something that you would have with OpenSea, and then the opportunities that you get with, with something like Manifold? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the journey you went on is the journey most creators go through. Uh, and I think that's perfectly fine. I think when you are jumping into a space like this, um, it's pretty intimidating. And there is a fair bit of knowledge gaps that uh, creators go through because I, I believe as a creator, you you want to put your work out there and you want to make some money from it. Um, and then there's all these kind of steps in between that often feel like uh, that get a little fuzzy so uh, as you were saying what is a contract why do i need my own contract um and the reason why we've actually rallied behind uh the idea of a sovereign contract is that creators can really build their own infrastructure uh and do this themselves so uh, for example when you're on a platform contract you're kind of beholden to certain rules uh that they allow you to do Versus when you're on your own sovereign contract, um, there's things that you can do like uh, set your own royalties. You can have more freedom of um, expressing and creating these NFTs. Uh, for example, we have these things called extensions at Manifold. Uh, so what an extension is, it's almost like an app that plugs into your phone. So uh, these extensions that plug in allow these gamification mechanisms. So maybe you have a burn and redeem mechanic where um, you exchange a collection of M or a certain number of NFTs in exchange for another NFT. Uh, so these are really cool engagement tactics that uh, users do that are only possible if you own your own contract. Um, another thing about that is just the idea of provenance about uh, your name and your artists and your work and you being an artist and that kind of resonating and um, having that constant base. So the way Manifold works is our contracts are actually uh, stateless and what I mean by being stateless is that uh, when you deploy a contract, Manifold prepares a code for you, but that code is actually deployed from the creators themselves. Um, 
So in the event that Manifold were not to exist, creators would still have the ability to access and read and write to their contract. And that's the whole idea here is that we're just a guiding hand in the tool, uh, maybe like a background producer, but we're not really a middleman. We don't collect uh, a deployment fee or a minting fee. Uh, so really, we're just trying to set the foundation for the artist. And that's kind of what yeah. allows um, what you're allowed with your own smart contract. Nice. And stepping through that again, because, you know, I have a habit of doing this. This is my background kind of from years ago when I was teaching. You're just gonna rem- I always think about the fact that I know there's always somebody like me in the room that's coming at this, you know, really early. And I think what you just said is, is, is really powerful, actually, because, again, this was a real learning curve for me in terms of understanding that there were other options out there. And if I really was thinking of my career long term in this space, I needed to explore them because whilst we're saying, you know, smart contract is this, you know, essentially the program that facilitates the media and the ownership. Not all smart contracts are created equally mm-hmm. and a custom contract is going to give you that, that provenance. Um, but it's also going to give you the opportunity to do more creative and interesting things um, with, 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 with your work because you, you've got a little bit more customization there. You've got the opportunity to make different decisions. Um, so I think that's exciting. And I mean, I feel like you've kind of got – mostly said this, but I'm going to kind of repeat this question in a different way because I think this is interesting. Speaking in terms of like all of these writers that are thinking about, right, how am I going to approach how I publish my writing from now on, whether it's poetry, um, whether it's prose, whether it's all kinds of experimental writing, why is it you think that creators need to think again about the state of the contracts they use rather than just solely focus on, well, I'll just get my writing out there? Why should they really take this question seriously? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you'll hear me bring up uh, provenance a lot as well. Um, and the idea of your work lasting and being tied to you is important. And uh, what that kind of really translates to is something like royalties, um, how royalties are passed down as these NFTs are exchanged hands. And I think um, as your collectors, they want to, uh, one, know that a token is coming from uh, the creator themselves. So one thing we really, one thing we do that is pretty neat is when you're building your contract, you have the ability to, to, um, use something called ASCII art. Uh, so what ASCII art is, it's basically text art. Um, uh, but what it allows you to do on your contract is have this little digital signature. Uh, so collectors who are finding your NFT would always be able to trace that this NFT is yours. Um, and they'll see the contract address that's tied to it. Um, and then when, one idea that we have always is the idea of each artist having their own contract versus uh, multiple contracts for each collection. And again, this is the idea of provenance where um, if an artist had multiple contracts over the course of the career, the idea of provenance becomes a little bit more split because collectors have a little bit more trouble finding their way back to their creator. Uh, so the, the one reason why I'd say having a contract is really important is really you get to have you're a little bit closer to your collectors you're a bit closer to your community and um the people who are collecting your art i think i really believe that it allows you to um build a stronger connection yeah i think that's a great answer and again it's it's just this ongoing conversation that i think anybody in this space should be having with themselves about um 
you know, are the contracts that are, are being supplied to me by third-party platforms, are they giving me what I really need and want as an artist and writer in terms of my career going forward? And I think what was most interesting to me about Manifold when I first kind of happened upon it, basically, when really was when you, you kind of launched studios and I was looking through it, was I'd been looking into launching my own contract for a while, but gas prices had been so high that the deployment of that contract had really put me off. And then the prices that were available through Manifold to be able to launch suddenly seemed, okay, this is actually now in my wheelhouse. This is possible. Yeah, and these things were incredibly expensive to do in the past. Um, if creators uh, were to deploy their own smart contract in the past, we've had, I, I believe people have been quoted several thousand dollars at a time. Um, so it's been very, cost is a big thing uh, when you're in this crypto space. Uh, and this is one thing we think a lot about for creators who are entering the space. I think for creators who are very established and doing these massive drops, uh, gas becomes less important, but... If you're getting into this space for a first time, it feels like there's a lot of uh, price. Um, you can often get priced out. So, for example, in the past, it would have cost maybe half the need to deploy uh, your own smart contract. And we've actually gotten that down to about 0.05 of an ETH. And um, so these are things we're constantly trying to do. Um, uh, the idea of your contract for us, we really feel like this is um, this is something that everybody should have, um, almost like a public service where all creators should be able to deploy their own contract and mint tokens um, as as cheap as possible, really. Um, so one thing that we're thinking about is the idea of batch minting. Um, so being able to mint multiple tokens at a cheaper price. And these are, yeah, this is always something we're thinking about, just trying to get things cost down for the creators and really helping creators get their work out there and maintain that provenance through each token they mint. Yeah, I think that's, again, it's, it's really powerful because obviously with any piece of technology, th there are always barriers, right, to anybody that's coming at this for the first time. And especially if your background is an artist or as a writer, you know, it, it, it might well be that your focus has been so heavily on the writing that you've done or the art that you've been producing that you aren't necessarily incredibly technically minded when it comes to the code of contracts. So a big barrier to entry, I mean, there were three main ones that were barriers to me that I feel like you're, you're dealing with here and have dealt with really. One is kind of um, price, you know, it, that is a serious barrier to entry if you're coming into this space and having to essentially have a degree of success before you can afford to, to stump for that. But now that that, that, that barrier has come down, it makes sense for, for writers and artists to, to explore the option of owning their own contract. But then there's also the, you know, the, the problem of, of access and a platform that's been made to be easy to use. And I think, you know, when I first looked through the documentation that you've got on Manifold um, and looked through the platform itself, you know, again, I was just really impressed. It feels like there's been an awful lot of time and effort that's gone into, you know, how, how, how can we make this a pretty seamless process for anybody who wants to, again, own their own contract and take the step? How can we take the difficult parts away? Um, I, I just wondered if you could speak on that just for, for a second, the work that went into making sure that it was easy for a creator to take ownership of, of their contracts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for anyone who hasn't um, deployed their own smart contract, uh, we really do try to make it as simple as possible. Um, so when you log on to Manifold for the first time, you really see just a few inputs. And, and it's like that 
throughout the whole onboarding process. And um, how we get to this point is we like to talk to our users a lot. So um, if you're on our Discord, you'll see that there's a constant conversation happening between uh, our users and uh, our team behind building it. And I think this allows us to really think about um, what is best for the creator. So what does a creator really want to see? Um, and even when minting a piece of artwork, it's just you want it to look almost like a gallery. Like you want these things to be in focus certain, somewhere, in a certain way where uh, artists can really read what is going on. Um, and we always have this mentality and idea of artists first here. Uh, and that kind of resonates throughout the product. Um, and but there's still there's still definite knowledge gaps that people have going to the platform for the first time. For example, we introduced the idea of Rinkubi, and for people who are getting into this space for the first time, um, Ethereum already was confusing enough. You just introduce an idea called Rinkubi, uh, and so what Rinkubi for those who don't understand, uh, what Rinkubi is, it's um, it's basically a network that mimics the Ethereum mainnet. Uh, so this is almost like a playground where you can where it mimics the functions of the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, so you can play around with these ideas and do it for free. Um, and it wouldn't be the cost associated with the mainnet. So you can deploy test contracts. You can see what your contract could look like. You can see what the ASCII art could look like. Um, you can test out a token. And why these ideas are kind of important is because we've seen um, creators who take the time to understand these different aspects, I think they have a better understanding towards this whole ecosystem as a whole later on. So these are still ideas that we're trying to work with through uh, to make more simple for creators, uh, but also things that we think creators will be better off for in the long run. So it's a mix of trying to think of what would make life easiest for the creators at that moment and what would easier for the creators uh, a little bit further down in their journey. So it's a little bit of a balancing act there. Yeah, and I think what's been, well, obviously my experience, because we're having this conversation now, and we've already had a conversation previously, is that the documentation's there, yes, but so is the team. You know, I don't think I've met many teams that were more approachable. So I think that's pretty exciting for anybody that's thinking about um you know, going out and, and, and starting their own contract is you're not alone. You know, the whole the whole thing with Manifold Studios is, you know, they want you to do this. They want to help you to be able to do this. They want to make this a better system for creators to own their contracts. So um, I say my personal experience has been that, that everybody's been wonderful, really, and almost falling all over themselves to to make sure that you, you, can, you understand, which I think is the experience we're having with you today, Lyndon, which is great because you're really helping to kind of walk through this. There's um, three points that seem to keep coming up, though, when I w went through the kind of documentation. And we've gone through one, which is you know, benefits of, of your own contract. One, authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. Provenance for creators, 100% genuine, um, backed by the creator. But then there's another two that I think are worth just digging into just for five minutes, which are the, the concepts of interoperability and extensibility, right? And it would be really useful just to get your, a bit of a, your, your thoughts on how we might want to think about them as opportunities, basically. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, with the idea of extensions and being able to kind of extend your manifold contract. So uh, the first reason we do this is for the sake of provenance. Um, so in the past, often creators have created 
new contracts for different mechanics. But for us, the idea of everything directing back to a creator's contract is important. And that's why we've introduced this idea of extensions. Um, so as I mentioned before, there's like really cool mechanics you can do while you own your own um, extensions. For example, if you, let me try to think of it. Um, I don't know, this is like a wild example, but say you had to, uh, you had collectors buy the first chapter of your novel. They could uh, potentially go into a contract, burn that first uh, chapter, and then receive the second chapter. So there's really cool mechanics you can think about and play with when uh, you have a little bit more extensibility to your contract. Um, yeah, things like open editions, like there's all these really cool mechanics. And um, I think as uh, creators kind of, explore and dive into this world uh there's a lot of inspiration i think we're only touching the surface of what creators can do um when it comes to storytelling and people uh creating lore around uh lore around like these worlds there's so much to dive into and i think that is what your contract allows you to do when you own it uh you're not putting out this singular thing like this it's this living and breathing story that you put out into the world that can transform and can like shape itself um and that really to me is a power of owning your own smart contract i think um yeah just really being able to do awesome stuff with it yeah and i think that's kind of where we're going to move to next because the beauty of a conversation like this is we can start with a lot of technical stuff and really just laying the foundations. Cause I think, again, it's, it's such an important thing when there are so many writers in this space that are probably feeling the way that I know I felt in the first few months coming into this space, which is, this is a lot, you know, it's one thing for me to start to figure out how I'm going to take my writing or I'm going to take artwork and, 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 and publish this as an NFT and figure out what that means but then to think about the layer that sits underneath it can, can be a little bit intimidating. So I think it's really useful to lay these things out um, and also see that there are platforms like Manifold that essentially a, a, a literally know that a problem exists and want to make sure that it doesn't have to be a problem anymore. Um, so as a super quick kind of refresher, I'm just going to walk through because I want to then move on to some really fun stuff. So essentially what we're saying is that we have this thing called a smart contract, which is essentially a program that facilitates the media and facilitates the ownership of, of that media through kind of its interaction with the blockchain. There are not all smart contracts are created equally. Third party um, contracts are not necessarily working in your favor and custom contracts are therefore your friend. You know, going forward, it's best to think about it if you want a long term a career as a writer or an artist in this space to think about owning your own contract. And that is becoming much, much, much more accessible through platforms like Manifold that have brought the price down, the access, the ease of understanding. And that allows us to get into this space where we start talking not just about, hey, how creative can we be with the words we use? We can start talking about all the fun things that we can do when we think of the smart contract as almost uh, an extension of the creative medium itself, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you summed that up very well. And, and that's the thing that I'm so interested in. I think that when, when we had our first chat about this, we talked a lot about, you know, what does it mean to be kind of for literature and, um, and NFTs? What does it mean to publish in this space? And I, I think it's, it could be kind of interesting to come full circle back to the comment that you made at the beginning, because this kind of really leans into what we've just said as a, 
as a refresher, this question of who is the collector, um, you know, how do you deliver retention? What what can you do to kind of um, give them interesting ways to interact with your uh, NFTs? I don't know if you want to just kind of refresh that point because it was such an interesting thing you said at the start. Yeah, yeah. So often um, you'll see creators, even some of the biggest creators out there, it's uh, you put uh, like a beautiful piece of artwork into the world. Um, so what does that mean? So what can you do with your uh, collectors after that? And I think this is something that um, is really neat in this Web3 world because there's so much more you can manipulate and, and not only manipulate, you can control yourself. Um, hold on, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so the the idea here of just storytelling, storytelling I think is so pivotal uh, to this NFT space. Um, it, to me, it always centers around that. So what is the story you're telling when you are um, when you are deploying your contract? What is the story you're telling when you're minting your tokens? Um, and that is, I think, what collectors find is really cool. And if they might not find it cool within the first, uh, with the first couple tokens, but when you see that history of uh, your work and how that longevity of it and how that's been passed on um, as you've grown as an artist, I think that's really cool. So I brought up the idea of the hero's journey before, and it's like, what is this journey you go on as an artist? Um, so that is the cool thing that your contract tracks because everything is stored on chain. Like the beauty of the blockchain is everything is there. Everything is there for a public consumption. And it's, you can track like what, at what point um, did an author, I don't know, say like write a first draft. What happened to that first draft? How did that translate and change throughout the course of uh, the artist? Like how maybe the wrote, writer uh, wrote a certain way in the first part. Maybe they write a different way in like their hundredth token. So there's all this history that's stored on the blockchain. And I think that's kind of really cool for the collectors to see. Um, and often something we don't really, really get a glimpse of it. And that history can be like a history of storytelling. Um, there's just so much aspects of story. Um, in this that I think is really neat. And I think it's where uh, creators and writers can thrive. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think there's something that comes up there, which is, I suppose there's almost two paths. There's obviously many paths, but you know, to, to oversimplify for a second, there, there, there are two paths, both of which are positive if you're a writer entering the space. One is, you know, you don't have to do anything especially fancy. You know, you can simply understand that understanding how to own, you know, provenance, own your own contracts is simply going to allow you to have an update on the you know, digital publishing opportunities that you would have had in the past. You know, it's an upgrade for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But the other side of it is you, you get the opportunity to actually play with the medium itself. You know, there's something that you mentioned a few times in, in the, on the Manifold site, which is this idea of NFTs in, in dialogue with each other, you know, kind of almost in dialogue with platforms, and I guess also in dialogue with an audience because they they have this sense of being a of pro being programmable, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I, which I think is really cool. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if there's there's a few examples off the top of my head from people in this space. I'm wondering if there's any examples that you can think of over the last. I don't know. It doesn't. No particular time span is important, but where you've seen interesting uses of um, the medium itself or the framework itself where people have done surprising things with with the underlying smart contract 
to elevate what they were doing on the top of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there is this one thing that we're working on that we're testing out is the idea of being able to do a physical redemption. Uh, so uh, in this case, this is a collab we did for Steve Aoki where uh, collectors of his NFT could redeem this jacket. Um, and this is done through Shopify. And you think about what that could mean for um, authors. Uh, so if you're selling a token, being able to redeem this for maybe a yeah. physical novel. And these are all things that can be plugged into your smart contract. And what uh, your contract really allows, eh? there's just all this, these mechanisms um, that you can play around with there. Uh, so that is kind of was at the top of my mind just because I think it translates so well to, to fiction. And like if um, creators still have this idea of a physical piece in mind. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. That's really interesting. I mean, that plays really directly into, I know you said that you're kind of working on novel, um, you know, Snap. You know, I'm, I'm also kind of hoping to be in a position where that will come out this year. And one of the questions I've been playing with, well, what does it mean to publish a novel um, in a potentially hybrid physical NFT um, environment? You know, where there are interesting things you can do digitally with the interoperability of tokens and things, but also you... You, I believe in writing on paper, right? You know, I, I, I like a physical book. I don't think that, you know, going digital means that we have to um, get rid of, you know, books. That seems insane to me, If you know, really. I'm interested if you've had thoughts already about the way you might want to approach what you do with your own writing. Yeah, 100%. And I don't really have any clear ideas here. I just have so many ideas that you kind of toy around with. Um, so even before what I was saying about this physical redemption, so say you were to put a token out there and your collectors could potentially redeem this for a physical, um, for a physical copy of the novel. But there's also the idea of what does it mean to collect a digital novel? Are you collecting artwork? Are you actually collecting the like, text? And to really think about what the story is that, um, you're trying to tell and how to get that out there. I think what you're talking about before, uh, when you're talking about actually having a physical book, I think, I think physical books are trending better than uh, eBooks. If I'm not mistaken, I may have totally made that up, but I remember seeing that somewhere. And I think there's just still this idea of owning a book and being able to flip through the pictures uh, that, that, we may or may not be able to replicate through an NFT, but that NFT can re represent something else to the story. Because I think um, oftentimes, especially for authors who are starting out, we uh, invest in the work because one, it's a good story, but we also believe in the creator. So I think there's just more, uh, there's like a happier blend of just not what a cool story is, it, but it's just this creator is uh, sharing something really beautiful with the world and um, allowing people to invest in that creator and allowing that creator to put work out there that uh, is the work that they want to put out there. Um, so there's definitely a lot of ideas I've had around what it means uh, to be a storyteller in this space. Um, and a lot of that comes down to um, what I was saying before, is just what are collectors and what do people want uh, mm -hmm. when you're putting it that is that is that fan art? Is that... Uh, lore around a different story is this character images and i don't really have a definite answer but these are all things that or ideas that people can play with as they're uh, crafting this world 
Yeah, I, I think, again, it's, it's a really interesting point that you've brought up. I mean, it, it's that thing of often when something new arrives, the, there is a trend to think about what it's replacing. And it's a shame because especially with something like NFTs and the technology that's available there, it's much less about replacing something and much more about actually um, elevating the relationships between things. You know, you don't have to get rid of one thing. You can actually, you know, build on things, spin out from things. And something that we've mentioned a few times on this, um, on the, in these spaces sessions is, you know, you know, my background comes from many different areas and one of them has been within independent film and it's always amazed me that, you know, you want to release a film, you have to do it a particular way down a particular, you know, channel because there's a particular distribution method that you need to use. You want to release a book, there's a particular distribution method you need to use. You know, these frameworks don't really align with each other very well. But when you talk about building things on the blockchain, using smart contracts and NFTs, you really start to remove some of these walls that sit between media and make it much easier for different media to talk to one another. So it's an opportunity to build relationships rather than actually replace things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I say, like, I want to, one idea I want to mention was that I say this with so much respect for the craft. I think so much work goes into writing and creating things. Um, I often joke that I would never tell anybody I loved to write a novel because it's, it's long, it's grueling, and there's so much love and care that you pour into this work. Um, and I think it, with that in mind, it's just I think there's, I think there's more avenues for that output now uh, that creators can experiment with. And I think that is the beauty of, um, the beauty of this Web3 world we're in. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, something that I'd, I noticed a few things in terms of the programmable possibilities that were mentioned kind of with, within Manifold. And it, it, it struck me how many interesting experiments are already being done in this space. You know, I remember um, where one of our wonderful poets in this Discord, Ana Maria Cablero, uh, released a wonderful piece of work on async art that was essentially a story that um, was told in 24 pieces, you know, one per hour over 24 hours. And, you know, we, we, we've had some wonderful kind of experiments in generative storytelling as well, you know, stories that kind of, you know, surprise you because you've got the component parts and that they're, they're generated upon min in ways that nobody exactly knew. And it's these opportunities to, to rethink what we mean by a page as well when we, when we look at a smart contract and, I wondered if you had any more thoughts on that because the, there were some interesting references in Manifold to these programmable possibilities and uh, not necessarily writing, but, you know, my mind is thinking about how they might play into things for writers. Um, yeah, so what I mentioned before about the dynamic NFTs, um, that is a really neat element that uh, we've seen creators uh creators use more and more so the idea of a piece that changes if the price of bitcoin were to rise and fall uh, a piece that changes based mm. on the seasons and these these changing and living breathing works of art um you think about that in terms of a story i think there is uh, there's a lot of freedom of expression there and i think that again this is what is possible uh with your own contract uh actually not sure if that answers your question 
Well, no, it, I mean, the, the beauty of conversation is, you know, your questions lead to new questions, don't they? Because yeah. now what I'm thinking about is, and, and this is where I'm almost, I wish that I'd taken a, a greater interest in coding um, in my life, basically, because when you talk about, you know, thing, NFTs that change when, you know, prices go up and down or with the seasons or with time, you realize that actually imagination in smart contracts is absolutely maybe essentials too hard too too harsh i think it's just a, a wonderful opportunity because there are so many ways that we can rethink how a story is delivered when we realize that you can program it in the way that you're talking about and and be dynamic with it um and off the top of my head I, you know i can't th- I'd add any new examples i think it's just the fact that you don't have that opportunity if you don't take ownership of your contract you know it's almost like thinking about the way you implement your own contract is a little bit like um, thinking about the way you develop your you know, kind of your voice over time. You know, it really could become that personal um, because it's a, it's a skill you develop. It's something that might become very personal to you. I mean, does that seem like it's a little bit extreme? It could do. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one project I wanted to actually bring up was uh, Micah Johnson's Aku. Um, so this is a project that drops, I think, every month on Nifty, and it's just this 10-part story. Um, and these little vignettes uh, that he has dropped, I think it's just he's built this incredible culture around it. Um, the idea of this is like a, like a child of color, and he's dreaming about being an astronaut. So you see this, uh, you see this child kind of enter this world and kind of maneuver this world, and there's these, these really short vignettes, but... Um, the world that he has built around it is just magical. And I think to see that effect that an artist can have with their NFTs, um, it's, it's so cool. Uh, it's really, really cool. That's uh, Michael Johnson's Aku. Yeah, that's a, that's a great shout. And I, I, I would also echo, you know, if, if you haven't seen that, then you should definitely be checking out and getting involved. And it just echoes this really interesting idea. And again, sometimes I, ideas are things that I'm, I'm going to go away from this conversation and I'll be thinking about, some of these points for for weeks without necessarily knowing what to do with them and that's okay because they can sit with you but a lot of the stuff that seem that's, that's been coming up in the second half of this chat is this idea that nfts can be in dialogue with each other they can be in dialogue with platforms they can be in dialogue with variables and they can be in dialogue with community and they can change and develop in accordance with that dialogue and so stories have this wonderful opportunity to become dynamic. So yes, you can. You, I, I do think that, that that minting this way and using your own creator contract, you don't necessarily have to do anything fancy at all. You know, it, it's simply a straight up upgrade on previous opportunities for digital publishing to be able to go down this road, and that's an incredibly legitimate way to go. But I think, given the imagination that writers um, all have in the in in this space to turn that imagination towards the way they might be able to um, elevate their stories when they think about the dynamic opportunities that the smart contract offers and, and the relationship they can build with, with organizations like Manifold and, and with people like you, Lyndon, I think that's just ridiculously exciting. I mean, that's not a question. It probably makes it really hard to respond to, but I just feel really excited about that idea, you know? No, and, like, thank you for expressing that. I think one thing that... Um... I always think about is really not 
like artists who are coming into this space for the first time. I think um, my heart is there uh, really often to people who don't really understand the space. Uh, they're trying to build cool stuff. And I think this is the simplicity we want to get to. Like we really want to empower um, artists of all backgrounds and from different situations. And I think um, any way we can do that is kind of what we're trying to do. And especially for um, paths that are less obvious than like 3D or digital art now, like something like uh, literature. Um, I think there's so much cool stuff here to play with. And I think the more creators we have uh, developing and being immersed in this space, the better. Yeah, from my experience of speaking to you, Lyndon, it feels like, you know, Manifold as a whole are pretty excited about working with people with literature as NFTs. You know, it's it's a space that can be explored so much more. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, I believe everything starts from storytelling. So even if you're doing a digital NFT, um, like a digital piece of artwork, there's this idea of properties there. So properties are like some other elements you can define uh, within your NFT. And this metadata is stored on chain. So it's almost what is the story of this piece that is being put out there? Yeah. And then what is the story of this piece as it's being sold? Like if there's a huge jump in it, and like oh, there's all these really cool things that um, it's just layers and layers of story, uh, which I always find pretty amazing. Yeah, and and that's been something I've been interested in for a long time. And I'm really glad that you've brought it up like a few times in this chat is that, again, there's the story that you tell on the page and there can also be the story that you tell in the way that you deliver the, 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 the project. You know, you can really take things um, and, and lift them onto a whole new level when you go down that road. I mean, one point I wanted to make and made sure I get this in before we kind of finish, just because I think that it's been something I've seen a lot in this space and it's, one of those things where it's a nice thing to point out. I mean, I remember during the Web 2 explosion, because during the Web 2 explosion, I was, at that point, I was, I was teaching students at an art school. And, and what you'd often find is, you know, you'd ask them, what's your, you know, for a particular project, you might ask, what, what's your idea, right? You know, tell me the idea. And they'd say, I've got this great idea. It's an amazing idea. My idea is a YouTube video. And you, <laughs> you'd have to keep going over the principle that, you know, YouTube video isn't an idea. That's just one of the ways that you might be able to deliver that idea. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, you've got to ask, you know, why you want to tell your story that way, other than it being you know, fashionable. And, and, you have, and I think we've seen examples of it over the course of this last year, too, especially when brands have entered the space. And you can see that in the marketing department, in some cases, you can tell that somebody said you know, what are we going to do this year? And somebody said, I've got a brilliant idea, an incredible idea. Great. <laughs> What's the story? NFTs. That's, that's all the idea is. And people love, the, love to get involved with things in that way. And I think it's important to just remember the basic principle of what's the right tool for the job that you're using again you know there are opportunities here where if you really think about how your story can be elevated by the using um a, you know smart contracts and all the things that you've talked about lyndon how you can elevate the story that way and you really got the story in mind first i think we, we we're going to see some of the most exciting and interesting storytelling projects um ever because of the way that you know the walls have come down and the conversations between media and mediums are happening but i think if you're looking at the opportunity with nfts as how can i just do something that's um that's cool it's good to explore but 
I don't think you'll learn as much. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think you miss something when you go down the route of, route, route of novelty as opposed to uh, really digging deep, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny because uh, when you're writing, there's such a deep amount of time invested in the piece that it, it's very difficult to write a novel you don't love. Yeah. Um, and I think on that note, it's just uh, backtracking to your thought about uh, these massive companies just throwing NFTs out there. I think what is really neat now is the community is sophisticated enough to recognize um, companies trying to make a quick buck or if there's no genuine interest in an NFT and it's just this big money grab. Um, I think even from what we've seen, it's the creators who are invested in creating for this ecosystem. Uh, that's when it works well. When creators who are really involved with these communities, uh, yes. that's when it works. And on the note of doing something you love and putting it out there, um, I don't think there's any better way to let that resonate. Because when you put something out there that you truly love, um, I believe that it resonates and that word will spread quickly. I agree with you completely. And it's, it, it's like you've been saying, story first. You know, when, when you come from that place first and then you think, well, you know, if I were to take that story and it were to play out in, along these other branches, how might that look? I think that's when you start to get to wonderful places and the love that you've just talked about that you might have for that story can really be expressed and, and, and probably also teach you something as well. You know, that, that's the, it's the same thing as when you're writing, you know, sometimes you put pen to page, if not all the time, you have no idea where the next sentence is going to end. Um, mm -hmm. But you're invested, you're excited and you want to see. And then the end of that sentence helps you to start the next sentence. And I suppose that same love being brought to these relationships with the contracts that we build on can create the same level of um, adventure that you can get with a pen on paper. You know, it's maybe just another, just another tool for the imagination to run riot with perhaps. Yeah. And that's absolutely how we see uh, like wrapping this back to manifold. It's definitely how we see manifold um, where it's, we're just helping creators build the tools. And I think, the heavy lifting is still definitely on the artist side. You still have to create this um, mm -hmm. piece of art. You still have to find your audience. Uh, there's still so much more you can you have to do. But uh, we do what little we can to kind of arm these creators with the tools. So writers who are listening to this or in this spaces or listening to this on the kind of the the podcast and are thinking this all sounds great. You know, I, I want to you know leap beyond the page and think about how I might. Um, might do this what, what's their next step you know they, they, they go to Manifold and they explore what, what, what do you think what's your advice there yeah so even before that I think um, I think it'd be great for creators just to go out there and really find projects they care about that other people have put together mm -hmm. I think it starts uh, from um, I think as artists uh, we're driven by inspiration and kind of just seeing what the world is out there and maybe participating. I mean, I'm not asking everyone to send, spend 100 ETH on a project, but maybe there's like a small upcoming project that excites you, that you're interested in. And I think through that learning, um, you'll experience, like I think being immersed in this world will a lot, allow for a lot more understanding. And then even if it's following the path that you were on before, where you, oh, uh, there's a lot of gray area here, maybe I'll start with OpenSea. I mean, that's cool too. Um, with Manifold, it's owning your own smart contract, that provenance, um, it's really important to us. Um, we believe it's really important for the long term. 
Um, and that's kind of an artist gravitating towards. But uh, maybe your journey doesn't start there. Um, but if it does start there, I am always happy to chat. Um, so, um, yeah, feel free to hit me up on Discord. Happy to jump into your Discord. Uh, any questions you have, happy to answer them. Nice. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, I, I can't echo what Lynn said enough. I mean, Lyndon is happy to chat about these things. He's been incredibly open, and I really appreciate you coming on here and, and chatting with us about smart contracts and about writing and about creativity in this space. So um, thank you very much for, for joining the CW Talk session. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Well, I'm sure we'll do it again at some point. And uh, yeah, thank you.